Without Liquor. Welcome to this episode of Laughing Without Liquor, a woman's guide to living it up without the booze. Join your long-term recovery hosts, Lane Kennedy and Tamar Medford, as they have insightful conversations with others on an alcohol-free journey. We're glad you're here. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited for today, Lane. Yes, creativity. Mm-hmm. I'm like into it. Ugh, I find that there's too many women out there that are stuck right now. Yeah. And that so desperately want to be creative, but they just don't know how to tap into it. We all yeah. have it. Oh, we, we're born with it. Right? We're born. I think there was a, a, a commercial. I was born with it or something. I can't remember. <laughs> Creativity is right there. <laughs> all those ads. <laughs> Creativity. Oh, man. So yeah, sit back, get ready. Unlock your creative potential. Here we go. Enjoy. And we have a spray. Lane, you have a different spray. I do today. What is... I feel like I'm I'm missing Um, out on the spray. I know, I'll spray you. You are. There we are. You kind of are. It's it's our thing. I love it. People can grab it off the site. You know, it's just a nice way to live with the spray. Yeah. (laughs) Depends on what kind of spray you're talking about, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's another day tomorrow. It is another day. <clears throat> What's happening? Well, I spent the weekend at the beach. Oh, lucky you. Which <laughs> I was in the cold. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you live in San Francisco, and it's almost it's July is right around the corner. Yeah, it's going to be As we know, Tamar will never travel to the Bay Area in July again, ever. Any other time of year, it's beautiful. But we, I am enjoying it that for the first time, probably in about 10 years, the May long weekend is in the 90s and sunny. Like in Canada, this is our first camping weekend. I Mm. do not like camping. But my last experience was torrential downpour. And I was like, never again. So it's nice that those who love camping can go and enjoy it in warm weather hmm. so camp it's another story time <laughs> it is another uh, story. yeah so uh we, we have we have a guest today i'm super excited about that but before we begin i have to let you know i'm so grateful that you are with us today listening you have us in your earbuds thanks so much i'm hanging out with my friend tamar medford and I'm hanging out with my friend, Lane Kennedy. And you, my friend, are hanging out with us. And uh, I want to introduce you to Mari Reisberg. She is a therapist, a performer, a creativity coach, boom, and the host of the Sustaining Creativity podcast. So guess what we're talking about? Ha, ha, ha. Fostering creativity. Yay! Boom. <laughs> and unlocking your creative potential and expressing yourself. Because not a lot of us are expressing ourselves these days. No. Tamar, are you ready for this? Oh, I, I, yes. I've been looking forward to this <laughs> for, for a couple of weeks now. I know. Mari, welcome Thank to the show. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. My last name is Reeseberg, like Reese's Pieces, just to <gasps> Reese. I love Reese's I Pieces. Reeseberg. I'll never yeah. forget that now. No, Reeseberg. Thank you for the correction. I appreciate that always. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know when people just let it go? And then I'm the asshole that's being Riceberg, Riceberg, Riceberg. And they're like, what? Like, that's not the way you say oh, yeah. it. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. So I to share a little story. When I was in college for acting, yeah. you know, you would walk into a room for an audition and they would have your headshot and your names on your headshot. 
-hmm. And so many times people would mispronounce my name. And so I had to get really good at being very polite in correcting people I was then going to audition for. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of second nature. You know, I have a unique, different name. I appreciate it. And yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, having said that, that you were, you know, back in college acting and having headshots and, uh, go back in time for a moment and share your first memory of creativity. Oh my goodness. So I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in a very hippie family. I grew up with a 30 foot sacred geometric walking path in my front yard. So like a labyrinth in my front yard. Mm -hmm. I was a rowdy three-year-old and was sent to trapeze school. So I would be out of the house. But my earliest memory of creativity is being in the garden and talking to the flowers and the plants. And my, I had an incredible imagination. I still do. But it was creating these worlds of fairies and elves and mystical, magical creatures in the flower beds of my childhood home. Tamar, did you talk to flowers <laughs> and birds? I I grew up in a forest, which is really you did? nice. What? Well, I not out in the middle of nowhere. It was on this. They called it Little Mountain, and I actually built forts. And I would sit for like all day. I would go mm-hmm. in the morning. I would grab some granola bars and some treats and snacks, and I would go and sit. Right as I hiked out into the wilderness and lived on my own, sustain mm-hmm. you know, living mm-hmm. off the land, my parents' <laughs> cupboard. Uh, but that was as close as I got to speaking oh to. Oh, God. Yeah. So good. So I, I can just, appreciate that. I can appreciate that, too. Um, we had a chicken coop in the backyard. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about flower, talking to flowers, I'm like talking to birds. Yeah and making little voices. So that is about being creative, right? Because there's a character that's created there oh, yeah. in that moment. And you don't know that that's creativity when you're six. No. Right? So how did you discover like what you started back when you were three to current day? How did you understand like, oh my God, I have been creative my whole entire life. I, I think it took a long time for me to recognize. I knew performing was always a part of my life. I started performing when I was three and then continued on and I still perform today when I get the chance. Um, So I think it wasn't until like 2013 that I started to shift what my understanding of creativity was. I think up until that point, creativity for me really only fell into that scope of performing arts of you know music dance theater art fine arts and performing arts and anything outside of that in my mind didn't have a connection to creativity and then starting in 2013 was when that shifted for me and I started putting my degrees in acting and psychology together to support everyone in this work that I started called um, Sustaining Creativity. Oh my gosh, I 
don't even remember what I'm doing. Um, it's called Sustaining Creativity, which really is about reclaiming your creative power, sparking creativity in your life, looking at your life through a creative lens that may or may not have performing as a part of it, but also working with performers who for their job and career are pumping out creative expression and experiences, but then what are they doing in their own life to fill that creative cup back up? And you know, what are those more personal, private things you aren't sharing with the world? Like, do you like to cook? Do you, you know, is it how you get dressed in the morning? Is it how you other have other hobbies like listening to music or going to concerts or experiencing art in a different way than performing it and keeping that creativity alive in your life. So I think up until 2013, I only thought creativity was performing. And after that, my world has completely opened up to see creativity as literally everything I do. But what, so what was the turning point that kind of opened your eyes? Um, that's a great question. I don't quite know if there was like one moment. I think I just started learning more about creativity and how it shows up in people's lives. And my understanding of creativity changed that. So I started seeing things as creative that I hadn't seen before, like cooking, cleaning, you know, going on a walk, finding a new path to follow in my neighborhood, or giving myself kind of an intention for my walk that I was going to find, like go on the same walk that I would do, but I was going to notice all of the purple things that I could see. And sometimes thinking like, I'm never going to find a purple whatever. And mm -hmm. always being surprised at how many purple items people have in their yards or on a flag or you know just experiencing that in a new way and I think my understanding of what creativity is just really shifted because I felt like oh we all are creative and we all can use creativity in our life it's not some gene that some people have and others don't and it's not something that is only for a certain group of people creativity is for everyone and, you know, I was taking, so I was looking at what you said in two different aspects, because when I grew up, I was very artistic. I, you know, had this ability to draw things and paint, and I took art early on in school and early in my high school. But of course, I think that, you know, being raised by boomers, it was like, well, you can't take all these artsy classes. You need to take academics. So I was really pushed into taking law and science. And even though I nerd out about, you know, brain science today, the science that I was learning back then was more dissecting an animal. And I was like, not into that at all. Um, even though, you know, I was lived in my own fort, but um, <laughs> but I look at this as now being a co-parent, right? And in my own experience as a woman who found refound her creativity later on in life and actually discovered my purpose came out of understanding what creativity meant to me do you think that you know when parents focus on you know obviously parents want the best for their kids but helping them 
tap into that creativity younger and not stifling that and saying, well, no, you shouldn't do that. You should, you should go and be a lawyer. You should be a doctor because I think I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, our generation who are the parents now and maybe what is it? The millennials that are parents will help their children tap into what they really want to do instead of pushing them either way. But, you know, do you think that parents should really help push their kids that creative way? That's such a good question. I think they should cultivate creativity, whatever that looks like. If kids are super into science, there is creativity in that. Mm -hmm. If they're super into the law, there is creativity in the legal field. If it's performative, there's creativity there. So I would say supporting the creativity, whatever that looks like for kids, will probably have the best results because we know that we unlearn creativity over time. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you, because I love that answer. <laughs> because really, you can find, you can be creative in anything you 100%. do. Yeah. 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 Why do you think people unlearn their creativity? Like, what, like, you know, we're born these perfect, creative, brilliant little beings. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I remember by the time I was 10, thinking, oh, I don't know how to draw very well. Yeah. Right. And so by the time I'm, you know, in my 20s, I am not drawing at all. And now, no, there's no drawing. Yeah. At all. You know, so how, how is it that we, you know, we start off as these brilliant little beings and then we're just, nope, it's not happening. Life, society, yeah. parents, teachers. Yeah. I think they're so... And I have mentioned this to the two of you, this study that George Land did, Land did in 1978, initially started as creating this kind of test for NASA to test create creative geniuses among NASA engineers. And then he took it and did the test with 1,600 three to five-year-olds at a Head Start program. And of those three to five-year-olds, 98% of them tested creative genius. And then he took those same 1,600 children five years later, and that number went from 98 to 32%. And then again, at 15, that number went from 32 to 12%. And then he did a much larger study of 280,000 adults. And by the time we hit adulthood, only 2% of that tested population had that kind of creative genius score. So many people have many ideas as to why that happens. And there, I think it's like one of the most watched TED Talks. Um, I'm totally going to forget his name. Sir Kenneth something. Um, anyway, he has this TED Talk about how a school robs you of your creativity. And so there is a large belief that schooling can, you, that's where you unlearn creativity because there's metrics that need to be met and not every child or student learns in the same way or expresses themselves in the same way. And then you also have parents and society that has all these 
spoken and unspoken rules about what you can and can't do and how you can do things. And so I think it's a pretty big combination of um, how we unlearn creativity. And then as we get older and our brain starts to develop and we start to have that reflection capacity, that prefrontal cortex comes online for us. Mm-hmm. And we start to evaluate things. We start to compare ourselves to other people. We have a bigger experience of, you know, kind of these dichotomous good, bad, right, wrong, all or nothing thinking patterns that are pretty prevalent in mm-hmm. Western society. Um, so I think it's a pretty big combination and it it takes a lot of effort to not lose your creativity and there's a quote it's like the the creative adult is the one who didn't forget their childhood or something like that yeah Mm -hmm. I think this is kind of uh, how do I want to bring this into the subject let me think about this so we're okay so we unlearn our creativity yes we just unlearn yep. it. Uh, so let's think about AI coming on board now. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, everybody's freaked out about yeah. it. And um, where's the creativity going to go? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Uh, do we embrace this? What do you think? Where do you stand on that? <laughs> It's I think like any new thing that can take over other take over aspects of our life. I think proceed with caution. I'm curious to see what it can do and I don't think it can ever replace human generated creativity. Like it's yeah, the algorithm can have its own thoughts and experience and can generate a lot of what I call kind of sparks like it can help people spark creativity but I don't know that it can replace it because creativity Mm -hmm. is about the process not about the product and so there we go that's what I want to talk about (laughs) the I don't AI doesn't have the process that a human has to experience creativity. They have the product, but it's that process mm-hmm. where as humans, we really get to thrive and experience joy. And we step into what Mikai Chicksaint Mikai called flow. And mm-hmm. AI mm-hmm. doesn't have, they don't step into flow, or at least not that I'm aware of. <laughs> right. It's, it's the interpretation of yeah. what that AI is doing, mm-hmm. right? We, we just don't even know. We have no idea yeah. what's happening with it. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about process because I think that is something that fosters creativity, Absolutely. right? It is something that generates. Uh, but how do we find, I mean, Tamar, how do you find time in your day for creativity? Because I know for me, if it's not scheduled, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Or is it something that we just kind of, like when I'm cooking, cooking is my creativity, Mari. Like I just start cutting up vegetables and I make salad and I'm like, yes, this is art. Yeah. Other people are like, 
what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you're cutting up celery. But there is something really magical about that process. Uh, Tamar, how are you finding or fostering your creativity? I wake up earlier. So I have the time before I get started on the work that I need to do and do it then. So it, it, it you know, I do schedule it because I figure if there's things in your life that you want to do, I want to be intentional about it. So it does go in the calendar. But I know that I am most creative in the morning after I've had a shower. So I will get up early, do what I need to do. It, well, the shower puts you in that state. Elaine can, you know, talk about the actual state, but it does put you in a state where you start to think of all these ideas. And, you know, we often joke around. It's like we're, we're stuck on something. It's like tomorrow after your shower, reach out, like, let me know. <laughs> right. And I find that when I when I do something creative, which for me is building websites or creating social media stuff, I have my best ideas and I'm most in a state of flow in that morning those morning hours like I love it I could I could get lost most of the day if I let myself that's amazing and 70% of people have their best ideas in the shower which I love right that subconscious <laughs> you know you're doing a task you don't have to think a lot about and so your subconscious mind has more invitations to show up while you're showering mm-hmm so for our listener who is, let's just call it out, maybe she's stuck, right? She's stuck and she's frustrated and she knows that creativity, because we're telling her creativity could be an answer for her. You know, it could get her closer to freedom. It could get her closer to feeling good about her life. What are some of the steps that she could take to foster this creativity that could guide her on this journey to get her unstuck, Mari? Great question. I just want to say one thing, that creativity is a skill. So while we can unlearn it, we can also relearn it. And that's the beauty of creativity. We all have the capacity to relearn how to be creative. And some of the ways to start dipping your toes back into flexing that creative muscle, because it's like a muscle, you gotta use it to have it is to get outside and go for a walk or to start writing or journaling by hand. There is a different connection that happens in your brain when you put pen to paper than typing on a computer. So get back to journaling <laughs> and stream of consciousness. It's not about punctuation or grammar or spelling. It's just about getting words on a page. You know, another way is to like play a game, spend some time with kids. They're gonna be the most creative people in your life. So hang out with them and play. Um, some other ways are, you know, when you get dressed in the morning, how do you want to feel that day? If you want to feel powerful, what's the outfit that you put on to feel powerful? It doesn't have to be this big thing. It's a small way to start looking at your life as a creative expression of who you are. So getting dressed, how do you drive to work? How do you engage with other people? How do you put food on a plate? Those are some of the ways to start getting back into that creative experience. And over on your podcast, yeah. do you share some ideas around 
fostering creativity? I do. Every once in a while, I mm-hmm. pop in and have a solo episode and talk about the connection of creativity mm-hmm. and so many things in our life and how we can flex it and <clears throat> creativity and resilience and how creativity really supports us in being resilient humans. Um, so yeah, you can pop over to Sustaining Creativity wherever you listen to podcasts and listen to some of those episodes whenever you like. So so I have my ACDC shirt, AC, shirt on today, right? And I have to agree with you on getting dressed in the morning, mm-hmm. right? Like how do I want to feel? Yeah. And my clothing definitely is a creative journey for me. I have been, and I was in the fashion industry for many years and being a part of that just, it's super creative. And so today I was like, I need to be a little rock and roll. I need to feel a little rock and roll. Tamar, are you using creativity in your fashion with super dry? I guess I think so <laughs> because, you know, I... And it, this kind of just evolved mm-hmm. to the point where I found they had shoes, they had bags. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I am a sober woman and super dry. When I'm walking around, it's mm-hmm. almost like, that's right, I'm super dry. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm loving it. And it's it's funky kind of retro stuff, uh, which, I don't know, it, it makes me feel, I guess, younger I definitely don't feel, I mean, there's days where I wake up where my body aches sometimes, but I feel like it just brings me back, right, to that, those parts in my youth that I kind of missed out on because I was drinking a little bit too much, and I'm just enjoying my life. Like, the 40s have been my best, best time. I can't wait to see what happens in my 50s. So, yeah, definitely. I, I, um, this weekend, I did a little I played chess with my kid mm-hmm. not good at all like I'm not good but uh I you know sat down with him and we played chess and there was a cre- there is creativity because I was thinking about when you said you know write play game it's like how is there creativity in playing a game with my kid but the creative thinking of like where's that pawn gonna mm-hmm. go oh and he just put me in checkmate <laughs> again <laughs> <laughs> like, like so what I, I think what I'm hearing from you Mari is that the creativity is like it's all around us absolutely it's it's running through us it is a program in the back of our mind that we can poop to, you know tap mm-hmm. open and it can run if we allow it instead of swiping it away absolutely right um and, and that makes it really easy for somebody maybe who is feeling a little stuck or a little frustrated and thinking there's no creativity in my life. I need something to do. Uh, Tamara, what else are you doing for creativity these days besides websites? Besides websites? Um, getting out into nature more because mm-hmm. we live in a very, I haven't started on the, uh, the treehouse yet. Um, but it's going to happen. I know. Uh, my partner watches <laughs> Naked and Afraid. I open that beast. Oh, my God. And she has recently purchased a machete. What? Oh, yes. She's in my club. She, she is in your club lane. And she is all about, like, oh, we could use that to build a raft. Or we could Mari, use do you that, have a so machete? I, have, I actually have a couple. Yes. <laughs> okay, you're in my club, too. Okay, we should start the machete club right here. If you have a machete, can you please pop over to the website, send us an email. You can leave a, a voice message on there now and everything. Just say, yes, I have the machete, too. Okay, continue yeah. on. But So getting out into nature 
and doing that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, my partner helps for that and almost tapping into her creativity. How do you do that? Because I'm not tapping into my husband's. Well, she is very creative, creative, so I'm very fortunate that way. Mm -hmm. And like she loves, if we need something laminated, oh, she's all over that. Like I almost (laughs) want to print something out for her to laminate, but she is very creative. When we do chores for the kids, we have a whiteboard, we have colors, we have magnets. So tapping into stuff that she enjoys doing because it is compromise, right? It's once in a while doing the things she loves doing, which is very creative dating date nights Mm. being more creative with that and not just doing the standard let's go for a bite to eat like we just bought a crib set right we were playing games too not so good at it anymore but (laughs) you know doing stuff like that like having fun again Mm, that's so good mario do you have a partner yes he and i and do you tap into their do you tap into his yes really how do you do that he tell me more so he's he loves thrifting and so we will have full days where we will go thrifting and like it's amazing I know more about European ceramics than I ever thought I would (laughs) and it's incredible yes (laughs) wow okay so that's another way to foster creativity like not only do it through your partner but thrifting and then being specific with pottery like I would never ever think of that oh my god that's so brilliant like my son has this Legos and he goes down these rabbit holes with the Legos but it's all 100% creative Mm -hmm. he doesn't see it as creative he just sees it as Lego right right but incredibly there's all kinds of ways to be creative yeah that's what I'm hearing you can be creative Mm -hmm. doing literally everything if you have a problem to solve creativity will help you if you've ever lost the end of a shoelace and you have to thread mm. it back through oh, your shoe yeah. the hole for thread it back through the creativity that is sparked with how you're going to do it are you going to burn it and melt the mm-hmm. shoelace and get a piece of tape and use that you know there are a million other ways that you could fix your shoelace to send it back through to tie your shoe so yeah buy a new pair of shoes. You like could. You totally doing. could. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's so great. Uh, creativity is everywhere, tomorrow. It is everywhere. And I want to ask Mari one more question because I have found that when I was only hanging out with people who were only focused on work, right? And mm, this was corporate mm-hmm. mundane work, weren't really doing much on the creative side. I got into that mm. rut. So when I started surrounding myself with people who were more creative, who were entrepreneurs, who were doing the things that I kind of always imagined or dreamed that I would like to do, but didn't think I had the skill, which we know we can learn that, um, for inspiration. And you asked us too, who inspires you to be creative? Oh my gosh. To be honest, inspiration comes all the time. However... I think of inspiration as coming from inside of myself. So breathing is inspiring. Like we're breathing in, inhale, exhale. But the inspiration to try new things, that comes from me. The idea to try new things. But I also, I love 
books and I love reading mm. and getting transported to new worlds and new ideas. But I'm also really inspired by diversifying the people in my circle. So making sure I have people who are going to challenge the things that I think, making sure that I have people who are going to celebrate and support me and what I'm doing, making sure that I have people who are maybe a couple steps ahead of me so that I have a little roadmap to where I'm going or how to do things. And I also love learning. I think I'm like a forever student. So learning new things is a huge part of my life and where I draw a lot of inspiration from as well. Now, do you think that comes because I mean, when you said within today, I can find that creativity from within, you know, I also allow others to inspire me, but because it wasn't really stifled when you were younger and you were allowed to be creative because I see a lot of women today that are stuck Mm -hmm. and they have a hard time you know going what you know what brings me joy like what brings me pleasure and actually taking action on it without having somebody that they can tap into Mm -hmm. almost until they can start to tap into themselves there's three great questions about identity that I love and identity is a huge part of creativity and the thing that I love about identity is we get to choose who we are it's not something that someone gives Mm -hmm. us it's not something that you were you know as a small child, you are still that same little person. So I invite clients to write a list of who, who do you say you are? So what are the adjectives you use to describe yourself? And then maybe you have some trusted people in your life that you could reach out to and ask, who do they say you are? Are those lists the same? Are they different? And then the third is, who do you want to become? Like, do you want to become someone who has more creativity in their life? If that's true, you now have some, you now have a goal that you can work on and a place to go and then starting to take small steps to get there. And, you know, who I say I am now is so different than who I was five years ago, 10 years ago, and who I want to become from where I am now is very different. So that beautiful remembering that who you are, you get to choose and you get to change. So you're not stuck. It can feel like you're stuck and you still have the opportunities to make some changes. What changes are you making tomorrow? What changes am I making? Yeah. Are you going to make any changes? Well, I'm, I'm definitely making, you know, health changes. Um, I think my, I'm a current, I feel like I'm constantly changing because I've put myself into this life now where I need to learn more and I'm open-minded to learning more to see not only what I'm capable of, but you know, how many of my dreams I can actually reach because I do believe that you know, I used to be, okay, well, this is as good as it gets. I'm going to have this corporate job. It's Mm -mm. some days it's going to be okay. Some days it's going to suck, but I'm not really meant to have all these other things. And since I've started to push myself, you know, past the outer limit edges of what I thought were my limits at one point, I've started to extend those boundaries now. 
And I'm like, oh, I can go a little bit further, a little bit further. So I think for me, the changes I'm making are understanding that I'm capable of so many more changes. Right on. So true. So much, so much, so capable. And there's so much more to have Mm -hmm. and to enjoy. Uh, The future self is just waiting, right? That's a lot of the work that I do with my clients. When when I'm looking at their DNA, it's like, we're planning for your future self here. So I love this idea of sitting down and asking those questions and getting some input. Input is so important. I mean, tomorrow and I just go back and forth just like this (laughs) all day. (laughs) What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? (laughs) And it's just, it helps, right? It helps us grow and evolve. And I hope that I never lose my creativity. I think that would be a sad, sad day. Yeah. Like, forget it. You know, uh, I, Mari, anything else that you want to share with us? Because this has just been so good. Oh my gosh. I could talk about creativity all day, every day. I love it. <laughs> and there's so many pieces of creativity that I think are so amazing and magical. And tomorrow, what you were saying about kind of pushing that edge and trying new things. The beautiful thing about creativity is it comes alive at the edge of our comfort zone. And so Mm -hmm. we have to get to that edge to really press into the next phase and stage and experience. So keep, keep finding those edges as scary and challenging as it is, you know, keep finding ways to flex creativity in small ways it doesn't have to be re- it doesn't have to be big those are that's the reminder i'm gonna leave you with it. i I, f- I feel like i have now stepped outside of that comfort zone and i no longer live in that yeah. comfort zone mm-hmm. <laughs> or your comfort zone has just like expanded that... it grows with you yeah it's expanded it's expanded it's awesome yeah. it is it's a good place to live it's like this i'm riding this wave of discomfort and mm-hmm. that is my new comfortable oh is when things are uncomfortable because I know that's when the the growth happens. That's Mm -hmm. when the magic really happens. Oh, it's so exciting. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Uh, Mari, thanks so much for hanging out. Where where do you want people to go hang out with you? Oh, come and hang out with me on all social media at Sustaining Creativity and then go check out my podcast sustaining creativity podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so good Tamar thanks so much for hanging out it's been a lot of fun take good care oh my god (gasps) that was amazing Mari's awesome I want to have her on again yeah I think we should and I think you know we had talked about getting into the the parenting thing a bit more with Mm -hmm. kids because Mm -hmm. I mean, as you know, we, I, my soul child is incredibly creative. Yes. So much to the point where we can walk out our front door at any moment and there can be a whole plethora of things that shouldn't be on the doorstep. But <laughs> we, let her, we let her do it because it's all part of the creativity. It's all creative. Yeah. I'm way into it. Mm-hmm. So we hope that you enjoyed that episode. There's yeah. going to be more coming. There will. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Laughing Without Liquor. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Living in recovery can be a blast, and we are glad you're laughing without the liquor with us. We hope you'll join us again in the next episode. Until then, take care.